There's a highway that stretches across the 93 days of summer, where worship isn't offered to the sun, but to the smoking tire, the S-curve, and the spin turn. And if you ride it, make sure you do it in a Dodge Charger, Challenger, or Durango. Because on this highway, the lines being blurred are the ones between drivers and demons. Welcome to Highway 93. Dodge is a registered trademark. Mystery Theater. Mean. Welcome. Welcome to the Mystery Theater. I'm Hyman Brown. There are people who seem to bestow happiness and good fortune upon all whom they encounter. Their very presence is an enchanted thing. However, just as there are those who bring the sunshine, there are also those who bring the rain. And not just the occasional refreshing sprinkle or the useful beneficial shower, but a cloudburst. Is there really, truly such a thing as a jinx? Is our fate cast forever at the moment of conception? They die because I fall in love with them. Yes, it's that simple. But you haven't told me how it works, Lieutenant. Well, I don't know how it works. It's nothing that can be proved. But whenever you fall in love with a man, it seems he dies. And I kill them? Well, they... they die. It's a matter of statistics. Four men have been engaged to you. All four died of various causes. But there's one constant. You were in love with each of them. Really? Yes, Miss Butler. Just because you fell in love with them, they're dead. Well, then, Lieutenant, be very careful. I just might fall in love with you. Our mystery drama, The Lady is a Jinx, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dan and stars Larry Haynes, and Marion Seldes. I'll be back shortly with Act One. If you could know the last day, the last hour, the last minute of your life, would you want to? Kevin Lindstrom never thought much about that, never thought much about such a thing. Why be concerned with death while there is so much to live for? Especially now that he's about to marry Caroline Butler. Lovely Caroline, the golden girl. This is his last night as a bachelor. And Kevin walks home from Caroline's house, as the poet would say, in a transport of delight. The moon is shining, the stars are winking, and perhaps that is why... Kevin does not notice the car that has silently rounded the corner and is pulling up alongside him. And even if he did notice, there would be absolutely nothing he could do about it because the man sitting next to the driver has thrust the muzzle of a submachine gun out the window. At least it was swift, even merciful. He never heard the shots. He never knew what hit him. 
Are you Lieutenant Pirelli? They said you were in charge of the investigation. Can I help you? I... I thought I might be able to help you. Oh. Well, if you have any information that could lead to the apprehension of the killer or killers of Mr. Kevin Lindstrom, we'd appreciate... My name is Martha Lindstrom. I'm Kevin's sister. Oh. Well, Miss Lindstrom, uh... Your brother was killed by accident. I'm not so sure of that. Miss Lindstrom, he bears... He bore a remarkable resemblance to a hoodlum named Jack Mace. It was uncanny. Certain people were out to get Jack I Mace. I don't think it happened that way, Lieutenant. Miss Lindstrom, I... this was supposed to be a gangster execution. It went wrong. I wish I could believe that. Your brother wasn't a member of the underworld. You must admit that. Yes. Nor would the underworld have any reason for killing him, as far as we know. Lieutenant And Pirelli, furthermore, Lu- this Jack Mace is known to have lived in the neighborhood. So the executioner was sent to uh, dispatch him. And in the darkness, your brother looked enough like Jack. Everything you're telling me has already been printed by the newspaper. Well, it's a matter of time, but we'll find out who's responsible for your brother's death. But I know who's responsible. Uh, surely, Miss Lindstrom, you're not an expert in the machinations of the local underworld. I have a problem, Lieutenant. Oh, and what's that? My problem isn't a what, it's a who. You are my problem, Lieutenant. You, as a representative of authority, are my problem. You're nice, you're polite, but you can't wait to get rid of me. You believe I'm wasting your time. Well, you said you know who's responsible for your brother's death. Yes. But... How can I get you to believe what I'm about to tell you? All right, why not tell me and see how it works out? Very well. The killer of my brother, Kevin Lindstrom, is his fiancée, Carolyn Butler. Yes? That's my statement. Oh. So what you're saying is that, uh, Miss Carolyn Butler somehow or other obtained possession of a 45 caliber Thompson submachine gun, and with this weapon, murdered Kevin Lindstrom. No, that's not what I'm saying. Well, if that's not what you're saying, you can't say Carolyn Butler is the killer. Your brother died of multiple bullet wounds. I tell you, Carolyn killed him. According to the coroner's report. I don't care about the coroner's report. Of course, ma'am. Of course. Now, let's let's just... Oh, uh, good Lord. You think I'm crazy. Well, everyone's entitled to his or her own opinion, but an opinion's always worth more if it's based on the fact. Fact? Yes, that's a sacred word. Yet, what's a fact? Now, stay with me, Lieutenant. A fact is merely an assumption that is legitimized by custom or convenience or the will of the majority. Now, I shall give you a fact. Carolyn Butler has been engaged four times. Not one engagement has ever been consummated by marriage. Each engagement has been terminated by the abrupt and violent death of her prospective bridegroom. Now, what do you say to that? Well, I would say, uh, it's a coincidence. Now, Miss Lindsay. I know you're eager to get rid of me, and I'm going. But please, Lieutenant, read what I have in this envelope. I'll leave it with you, but promise that you'll read it. Well, it's our duty to consider all relevant information. Really read it. 
And if you need further details, my name and address are all on the back of that envelope. Oh. Dr. Martha Lindstrom, I didn't know I'm you a were... PhD. I teach economics at State U. Oh. Well, um... Uh... <laughs> now you don't know what to say. You don't know what to make of it. <laughs> you were prepared to write me off as a nut, but a doctor, a college professor, a teacher of a sober science like economics. Facts, figures, statistics. Yeah. A doctor, I, uh... I'll be in touch. Well, Inspector, what do you think? Vince, what I think is you ought to put in for some leave. You got plenty of time coming. Oh, I see. If you believe a word of this, you gotta be as nutty as she is. Maybe it's my fault. I think I've been working you too hard. Did you read what she wrote? Every single word. This dame, Carolyn Butler, has been engaged four times. Every fiancé meets with a violent death. That's right. So what? Miss Carolyn Butler never killed any of them herself. She didn't kill her latest. The guy before was an innocent bystander during a bank holdup. Then there was the guy who was a reserve officer and got killed accidentally on maneuvers. The first guy is scuba diving and he makes a meal for sure. Now, Inspector, didn't you read what Miss, what Doctor Lindstrom wrote in her analysis? Are you sweet on this dame, Vince? Oh, come on, Jake. Why not? You're thirty-five. You ought to be married. I know your mom is a great cook, but you want to cut that cord. When something occurs with regularity, persistence, predictability, it must be classified as fact. Uh, maybe this is the kind of a dame you've been looking for all your life. The studious intellectual type. Jake, Jake, you're not listening to me. You're in love with her. Oh, for crying out loud. Don't you understand, Vince? It's love. Love at first sight. This dame knocked you out the split second you saw her. She isn't even my type. Famous last words. So you figure, how can I straw with her? Hand her a line. Pretend to believe her. Okay, okay, Inspector Coleman. If you want the truth, I can't remember what that dame even looks like. Which happened to be true. Well, a couple of weeks later, we bagged the machine gunner, and that was the end of the Kevin Lindstrom murder case. And after a while, I forgot all about it. Until... Lieutenant. Oh. Oh, Miss, uh, uh, Dr. Lindstrom, what can I do for you? Sit down, please. Thank you, Lieutenant. I, uh, I want to apologize. I was angry last time, and I, I realize now, of course, it's easy to ridicule the police. But if I was sitting in your chair and someone told me the story that I told you, well, of course, I... All right. How can I help you, Dr. Lindstrom? Did you by any chance read the Post yesterday? There was an item on the society page. Well, I don't usually read well, the I society... Well, I took it out. I'm sure you'll find it of interest. Okay. Uh, engaged. Charles Russell to Carolyn Butler. Well? Please, read all of it. Uh, Mrs. William Stephen Butler announces the engagement of her daughter, Carolyn Joy, to Mr. Charles... Morton Russell, noted actor, son of Mr. and Mrs. Stanley K. Russell. The couple plan to marry Sunday, June 8th, 
At St. Bartholomew's Church. Yes, now that's exactly eight weeks from yesterday. So, Dr. Lindstrom? I'm asking you, Lieutenant Pirelli, can we permit this young man to die? Uh, I don't think I understand. I've already told you what happens to the men who are engaged to this woman. Just before the wedding, they die. Suddenly, violently. Uh, we, we've been through this before, Dr. Can you Lindstrom. take the chance? All right, what do you propose we do? I propose that the police alert this young man. See if reason cannot prevail on him to break this engagement. Uh, Dr. Lindstrom, the police do not have, nor do they want, the right to tell people they can't get married. Now, Dr. Lindstrom, I'm trying to be sympathetic to your problem. It's not my problem. It's your problem, Lieutenant. What will your position be if this young man also dies before the wedding? Well, of course. You have no answer. See, you're accustomed to handling regular, predictable problems. And when something of a completely alien aspect emerges, you're helpless. Now, look, I, uh, I appreciate how you feel. I wish there was something I could do for you. But I want to do something for you. We are moving more and more into a, a psychic age. Just bear me out. Now, till now, the police have operated on a superficial level. External evidence. The power to kill with a gun or a knife, a, a weapon. But now, there are people who can kill through the force of the mind. Dr. Lindstrom, I... know, I... you're very busy, I know. But she has it. Carolyn Butler has it. She may not be aware of it, but it emanates from her. And it expresses itself through a, a predatory shark or an imperfect missile, a hoodlum in a bank, a button man. That's the right term, I hope. Dr. Lindstrom, I don't want to be impolite. Be impolite. Be anything you want. Be open-minded. You're asking me to do something, and I don't have the authority. Well, who does? Who would have the authority to assign round-the-clock guards to this Charles Russell? The inspector. Lieutenant, admit there's something... No matter how far-fetched to what I propose. Well... You know there is. So it's your duty to try to convince your superior. Dr. Lindstrom, what you're asking is I highly... I know, I know. But suppose you do nothing. And this man dies. The way all the others did. All right. All I can do is ask. You sure got it bad, Vince. Inspector, will you get it through your skull? This girl, this lady, means nothing to me personally. I'm not trying to score points. Now, suppose there is something to a story. Okay, suppose there is. Well, then we've got to do something to stop it. We're not set up to stop it. I have no way of justifying this kind of expenditure. Oh. Okay, okay. Here's a girl who obviously has found some way to get people killed. Now, can she be allowed to get away with murder? Yes, ma'am. Until somebody can furnish legally acceptable proof, this butler dame will get away with murder. Well, does she or doesn't she? Are we dealing with coincidence or with fact? Or how many coincidences do you need to add up to a fact? In our good Inspector Coleman... 
has also enlightened us on another point. If you can find a way to kill someone that is not specifically prohibited by law, you can theoretically get away with murder. I'm going to get away for just a few moments, and then Mystery Theater will return with Act Two. It is the stated function of the police to prevent crime. So, if a policeman sees you in the act of robbing a bank, it's his duty to arrest you. Of course, if all you are doing is thinking about robbing a bank, there's nothing much the policeman can do. And if, through some sort of mystical mental telepathy, you can convince somebody else to rob a bank, or even to commit murder, well... Not only are the police helpless to act against you, they won't even believe you could do it. And neither would anyone else, except just possibly Dr. Martha Lindstrom. I'm sorry, Dr. Lindstrom. You were unable to convince your superiors? <sighs> Doctor, what can I tell you? We're practical-minded people, we policemen. Do you believe me? I don't know. Well, if there's any I doubt... just wish things were easy. I wish everything could be yes or no, black or white. I don't know what to think. Then that's exactly why you should... Why should what? Do something to help save the life of Mr. Russell, who is about to become Carolyn Butler's fifth victim. But we don't know that. And even if he dies, we can't prove she's guilty. Well, how many more men must she kill before... I'll give it to you straight, Doctor. She could decimate the entire city and we couldn't even touch her. Oh, surely there must be some yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, sure, there must be a way, but we don't have it yet. I'm oh. sorry. Sorry. Well, you've been kind and you've been patient and I mustn't abuse your tolerance. Goodbye, Lieutenant. Goodbye, Doctor. I shall attend to this matter myself. What do you mean? Exactly what I said. I shall attend to it myself. Well, life goes on. And so does death. We get other murders, other problems. And so Dr. Lindstrom sort of slipped out of my mind. Anyhow, one night I'm driving home. I pass a theater. The marquee reads, Charles Morton Russell starring in Don't Kill Santa Claus. On the spot, I decided to see the play. I must tell you, this guy Russell is tall, good-looking, and a pretty good actor. The play isn't much. A bunch of bums sitting around a rubbish-filled room just shooting the breeze. Well, okay. Russell's in the okay. middle of a long-winded speech. I did steal his girl, but I did him a favor. He thought, if, if you kissed a girl, you, you, you had to marry her, marry her. Do you take this woman, marry her? Suddenly he stops. He stands there, dead still. He's holding a cigarette, and it just falls from his fingers onto the floor. You can hear a pin drop in the theater. He's frozen and frightened. The curtain comes down. 
Then I go home. But that isn't the end of it. Because the very next day, I'm sitting in the office and in walks the most gorgeous girl I'd ever seen in my life. Maybe 27, 28. Bright golden hair, deep blue eyes. And she seemed light as a feather. She almost floated into the room. I, I may be in the wrong place, but perhaps you can't help me at all. What can I do about a vindictive person who's trying to destroy me? Uh, well, let me take the information down and make it official. Uh, your name, please? Carolyn Butler. Carolyn Butler. Why do you look at me like that? Like what? Do you know me? Are you, uh... Are you the Carolyn Butler who was engaged to, uh... Mr. Kevin Lindstrom? Oh, yes. Kevin. He was murdered and... And you would remember my name in that connection. Well, well, that is what I want to talk to you about. His... His sister is trying to destroy me. Oh. It's insane. What is she doing? She goes around telling everyone that I'm responsible for Kevin's death. And not only Kevin, but the other man I was engaged to. Uh-huh. And, uh, how does she do this? How? She just says so. Well, uh, does she do it in a harassing manner? Does she disturb the peace? She harasses me. She disturbs my peace. Now, what I'm trying to discover, Miss Butler, is if we have any grounds for police action. Well, so am I. This poor lady is... Well, she's sick. She says that I exert an evil influence on the men that I've been engaged to, which causes their death. Now, <laughs> doesn't that sound sick? Uh, have, have, uh, have all of them died? Yes. But it's coincidence. I didn't kill any of them. I see. Now, what I was thinking is that perhaps you could have someone talk to her, tell her. You see, Kevin was her baby brother. She raised him, sent him to school, and so she resented me because... I was stealing her darling little brother. She did everything she could to break us up. Yeah, but Kevin's dead. Why does she persist with the story? She believes it. She firmly and devoutly believes that I... <laughs> I'm a witch. Or an evil spirit. How do you account for the fact that all the men you were engaged to did die suddenly? Violently. Lieutenant, I can't believe what I'm hearing. Am I required to account for it? Well, do you have an opinion? Well, obviously I have a weakness for men prone to accident. But when I think of it, it's more than that. Each of them seemed to have a death wish. Uh, what do you mean? You're a police officer, you see it. There are those people who go around actively looking for danger. Now, the, the first man that I loved was a scuba diver. He would swim in dangerous waters, deliberately, it seemed. How long could he gamble with death? Well... My second, an army officer, died on maneuvers. He was testing a piece of equipment of doubtful safety. He disobeyed orders. 
But he wanted to be a hero. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, the third? He was killed during a bank holdup. Well, that wasn't his fault. Oh, yes. He asked for it. The robbers ordered everyone in the place to put up their hands and stand against the wall. Well, he tried to hit one of the bandits and disarm him. Which brings us to Kevin Lindstrom. Now, surely... Now, surely what? Kevin was also looking for death. That neighborhood simply isn't safe, and nobody knows it better than the police. You mean they have a gangland executioner every night? Oh, you know what I... You know what kind of a neighborhood it is? Certainly not a place for a late-night stroll. Sane, sensible people who live there don't go walking at that hour. My point is, he shouldn't have been out on the street at all. He should have taken a cab. Martha Lindstrom simply cannot accept the facts of life. Well, I can't promise anything, Miss Butler, but uh, we'll talk with her. It's very upsetting to Charles. Why? Charles is a very imaginative person. She has been on the phone to him and written him letters and, well, all this interferes with his concentration. It's affecting his performances. Well, I'll try to talk to Miss... uh... To Dr. Lindstrom. Would you? I would be so grateful. I don't know what to think, Inspector. I know what to think. I saw a picture of this Carolyn Butler in the papers. I think you're being unfaithful to Doc Lindstrom. Oh, Jake, please. You have these fantasies about things. According to Carolyn Butler, Martha Lindstrom wanted to hold on to her brother. I believe it. Women are like that. For instance, doesn't your mother want to hold on to you? Now, that shows what you know. She keeps blasting me all the time. When are you going to get married? When are you going to get married? Yeah, sure. So why does she feed you so good? Why does she keep such a comfortable house for you? And why does she find something wrong with every girl you bring home? Well, because... Because none of them are good enough for her son. Inspector, what do we do about these two days, huh? What do we have to do about them? I've been asked to warn... No citizen is entitled to use a police force as a private detective agency. Oh, you're a big help. Hey, wouldn't it be great if you could marry them both? Oh. Lieutenant Perel. May I come in, Dr. Lindstrom? Yes, of course. Please. Have a seat. Thank you. I'll come to the point. Uh, Miss Butler was in to see me. Yes? What you're doing might be construed as harassment. That is, if she uh, wants to take you to court. I am merely stating an opinion. I'm not being noisy or obnoxious. Well, all of this could be a matter for a judge to decide. The wedding is the day after tomorrow. If Charles Russell dies before then, well... It will prove I haven't been noisy enough. If he survives into the marriage, which I doubt, then I will forever hold my peace. Oh, then my duty is clear. I must go to Charles Russell. I must do anything, everything, to get him to break his engagement to her. But you can't. Can you stop me? I have to save his life before it's too late. He's half dead now. What do you mean, half dead? The signs are there. The signs that I saw in my own brother, but I couldn't interpret them. At the time, I didn't know what they meant, but they're the signs of death. Uh, What do those signs look like? 
Charles Russell is performing tonight. Come to the theater with me. I'll show you. We have two ladies to deal with now. And each is out to destroy the other, no matter how ladylike they may be going about it. You have finally met the divine Caroline and heard her story, which does sound reasonable. On the other hand, Dr. Martha Lindstrom is not a woman to be taken lightly either. So, in just a few moments, we shall find out when Mystery Theater returns with Act Three. believe it's possible for someone to be a jinx? Don't answer too quickly. We've done some research. It's an old, old word, jinx. It comes from the Greek enex, which means the wry-necked bird, the bird of ill omen, of misfortune, of death. Well, we're dealing with a pair of what our British cousins would call birds here. But neither is ugly or old-fashioned. Yet one of them is accused of being a jinx. What are these uh, signs of death you're talking about, Doctor? You'll see them. You'll read them on Charles Russell's face. Oh, but I'm being unfair. How can you be expected to understand? You're a rational 20th century person. And aren't you? Listen. Listen without interrupting and without arguing. Just listen. What do you think happens to the old gods, the old religions? Well, I wouldn't know. I guess they were proved false. But no religion is ever provable. It's only acceptable. People abandon one set of gods and they go on to another. That's the story of history. But what happens to those old gods? Well, I, I, uh, I never thought about it one way or another. The gods of the ancients, the Greeks. The Assyrians, the Norse. They were all similar. Now, what does this have to do They were all warriors. War and feasting with heroes. That was their main occupation. And all of them had goddesses who fell in love with earthly heroes and brought them up to heaven, paradise, Valhalla, whatever. Well, who are we to say that they aren't still doing it? You know, there's a lot to be said for being in uniform out on the beach. In time of war, you have no shortage of heroes. The field of battle is filled with At them. At least your problems are but in the street But in peace time, you must find your heroes one by one. And that is what Carolyn Butler is doing. What? What is Carolyn Butler doing? The bidding of the gods. Which gods? It doesn't matter. And she may not even be aware of it. They may be acting through her. She may be an unconscious instrument. And you teach economics? She finds the hero, and then fate arranges for him to die. Okay. Okay, I think we're at the end of the line, Dr. Lindstrom. For your own good. Fate. Fate is also an ancient For your own good, you should see a doctor. arranges for the sharks and the defective weaponry and the bank robbery and the gangland execution. What has been arranged 
But Charles Morton Russell. Now, look, all I can do is tell you that if you persist in annoying Aren't you curious? About what? About how Charles Morton Russell will die. Who says he's going to die? It's the night before she becomes his bride. It's the night he must be killed. Lieutenant, take me to the theater. Watch with me. If nothing happens to that man tonight, then everything Carolyn Butler says about me is true. I'm a jealous sister who is constructed a fantastic fable. But what if he dies? Well, we went to the theater. And we sat there. And we watched. And to tell you the truth, I don't believe you. Well, what are the signs you've been talking about? Can't you see? He's terribly nervous. Well, he doesn't look it. Oh, he's a superb actor. He hides it, but now look. See, his hands twitch. Well, that's not a sign of death. Listen, I know this play. He's blowing his lines. The other actors are covering for him. He shouldn't be on the stage. Then why do they let him go on? Well, tomorrow after his marriage, he'll go on vacation. They just want to get all the performances they can out of him. Look. Banged his leg against that chair. Well? But that's not in the play. That's how Kevin was. Aimless, preoccupied. Look at that. He just lit that cigarette and he puts it down. One's going to light another. Well, that's a, a piece of business, isn't it? No. Just for God. He was smoking. Kevin would do that to... You see, Look at him now. A life. Seems to be draining out of his body. I did steal his... He's losing his line. I... I did steal now look. girl. But... That I... cigarette he put down. But I... Now it's rolling off the table into that pile of papers and rubbish. Starting to smoke. What are you going to say? It's a fire. Well, maybe fire that's supposed to be a part of the play. Well, of course it isn't. It isn't. Oh, dear Lord. There's going to be a fire. Ladies and gentlemen, please stay in your seats. There's no danger. There is no danger. Look, Lieutenant. Look at what's happening. In a theater, when there's danger of fire on stage, a stagehand immediately cuts the rope that holds the heavy asbestos curtain in place. The curtain comes crashing down, and anybody who might be standing on a spot where it falls can be killed if it hits them. And there he was. That's just where he was standing. You didn't have to be a doctor to recognize he was dead. Well, Vince, it could be your girlfriend, Dr. Lindstrom, was right. Inspector, she's not my girl. Ah, quit fighting it. I believe her. You believe her? Yeah. After a while, you have to see the light. Carolyn Butler's doing something to these guys. What or how, I don't know. But they die. They all die the night before they get married. Okay, okay. So what are you going to do about it? Nothing. You mean you believe it and you're not going to do anything about it? There's lots of things we can't do anything about. A lot of people get away with murder. We know they're guilty. But we can't touch them. But somehow, I just can't believe it. That butler girl seems so, so sincere, honest. I don't know what I was thinking of, but it was something I never felt before. 
but I couldn't even explain it. It got hold of me, and, and somehow or other, there I was, ringing a doorbell. Oh, it's Lieutenant Ferrari. See, I remembered your name. Yeah, may I, uh, may I come in, Miss Butler? Miss Butler. I may very well remain Miss Butler for the rest of my life. Yes, please come in. Thank you. I really think I have set a record for engagements. Do they keep such records, I wonder? Won't you sit down? Drink? Uh, no, thank you. Oh, I'm sorry. I should have realized you're on duty. Well, uh, to tell the absolute truth... The absolute truth. I like that. I'm, uh, I'm not really on duty. Oh? Yeah, I just dropped by to see how you're doing. Oh, that's very kind of you. Yeah, and, uh... I, I was wondering if, uh, if you had any plans for dinner. It so happens I do. Oh. Well, maybe some other time. But huh? I intend to change them. I would much rather have dinner with you. Oh? I have this weakness, I told you, for strong men, exciting men. Oh, I'm not really an exciting person. And modest men. To you, I suppose, danger and excitement are the everyday, ordinary, commonplaces of your job. Yes. I suppose that's true. I couldn't tell her all about it at dinner that night, so we continued the following night. And the one after that. And soon we were having dinner together regularly. And I kind of liked that. We also discovered that both of us liked to hunt, fish, ride horses, climb mountains. It was wonderful. You're a sly one, Prince. I have to find out about it by reading the paper? Find out what? Yeah. Borelli Butler. Mrs. William Stephen Butler announces the engagement of her daughter, Carolyn Joy, to Police Lieutenant Anthony Borelli, son of Mrs. Serafina Borelli. Prince. How could you do this to me? You want to be my best man, Jake? Sure, if you live that long. Now, that's nonsense, and you know it. There was a time you didn't believe it was nonsense. Jake, all that was before I knew her. She's so wonderful, so filled with life, so generous, so 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 good. When is the uh, happy event? A week from Sunday. So soon. I, uh, I can only wish you the best. Okay, okay, I'm up. Hello. Vince, do you know what time it is? What? What's what's the matter, Jake? Vince, it's 10 o'clock. You were due here at 8. T 10 o'clock? It can't be 10 o'clock. Vince, we've got to go see the commissioner. You get dressed and get down here. <laughs> Vince, what's wrong with you this morning? Wrong? Nothing. What could be wrong? First you oversleep, and you're two hours late. That never happened before. And just now with the commissioner. You're in line to make captain of detectives. I could see he really wasn't very much impressed. What do you mean? He asked you about some ideas for increased efficiency. And you just sat there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, funny thing, Jake, I, uh... 
I don't know what happened to me, but my mind seemed to go blank. I think you better see a doctor. Why? You've been acting strange all week, absent-minded, forgetful. Now, look, tomorrow's Sunday, your wedding day. Now, why don't you go and leave right now? Go home. You're nervous. I'll see you tomorrow at the church. No, 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 no. That isn't right. You're short-handed. I'll, I'll tell you what I'll do. I, uh, I got to put in my shift on the state card. I can spare a lieutenant for that. Yeah, but Smitty's been on for 24 hours. Uh, let me send him home. I'll, I'll stay till midnight. Well, okay. He would really appreciate it. Inspector Coleman? Uh, yes, ma'am. Can I help you? Yes, I'm Martha Lindstrom. Oh, we meet at last. It's about Lieutenant Pirelli. I know. What do you know? You're concerned. You're afraid he'll die tonight. And that he'll be number six. Well, aren't you concerned? Yeah. Well, how can you just sit there? Well, what can I do? Talk to him. I have talked to him. You, you, you can't just let him be killed. Dr. Lindstrom. If there's anything to what you're saying, you know it has to be. But there must be some way to protect him. You're, you're in love with him, aren't you? Well, I, I don't think that's germane to this discussion. Well, tonight he's as safe as he can be. He's on a stakeout. It's a quiet job. Before midnight, Vince will die. Well, I don't know anything we can do. He's been acting strangely, hasn't he? Well, um... Yeah. Yeah, and that's how it happened to all of them. They lose their perception, their critical judgment, so death can overtake them. But what can happen to Vince? Who knows? Well, there's only one way to save him. Where is he? He's parked over there, across the street. Vince? Sleep. Vince. Vince. Well, I told you to go home, Vince. Oh. And he, I'll sleep on duty. Oh, I'm, I'm okay, Jake. I uh, just closed my eyes for a second. Lieutenant. What? Doctor, what are you doing here? I want to save your life. What are you talking about? Break your engagement. What? That way you're safe. You're no longer her hero, her intended. She no longer has to bring you to the the Valhalla, the place for heroes. Jake, what are you doing here Remember with Charles Russell. You saw him die. That was an accident. Yes, because he couldn't think straight. He couldn't hear. He couldn't think. He was half dead before that asbestos curtain hit him. And you're half dead now. I'm, I'm okay. Recognize Carolyn Butler for what she is. She's beautiful. It's the face of death. You don't love her. Yes, I do. I do love How her. How can you love her? How can you love death? You love life. You love me. I, lo I love you. Say it. Say you love me and you're free from her. Say it. Well, I, I, I... Say it before it's too late. Say you love me. Hey, that guy driving the truck, he's acting crazy. Say you love me. Hey, he's going to hit it. the car, Vince. Say Get it. out. Say you love me. I love you. Say you love me. I, I, I love you. Oh, Dr. 
I'll be back shortly with a final thought. Bring... Well, Vince didn't become number six because he broke the engagement in the nick of time. Or maybe because the truck driver was able to apply his brakes in time. We always give you more than one perspective on Mystery Theater. However, Miss Caroline Butler is still around, still looking for a hero. So, if you are a hero, what can we tell you? Our cast included Larry Haynes, Marion Seldes, Patricia Elliott, and Dan Ocko. Associate Director, Marlon Swing. This is Hyman Brown, producer-director, inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, then, pleasant dreams. here in your neighborhood. Here's a little tale about hard-to-recycle plastics. Their destinies were changed. Their new lives are fantastic. What once was trash can live on as new things with a program that complements your regular recycling. Cause plastics can be so much more. Give this trash the second chance it was hoping hard-to-recycle plastics can be so much more. Participate in the Hefty Energy Bag program happening in your neighborhood today.